0: Welcome, everyone, to the 43rd episode of the New Gen Mindset Podcast. I'm Dan Kozell here with Nick Tartaglia. What's up, Dan? It's been a year, man. Yeah. Since we year. started. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. Absolutely crazy. And um, kind of just looking back at this whole journey, could have we couldn't have started at
1: a better or, or worse time, but I, I think it was exactly. the best time. Ironically, the most uh, opportunistic, I, I guess opportunistic, you know,
0: yeah, I mean, a lot of stuff happened this year, or the last 12 months, uh, and a lot of stuff is still going on that kind of just blows people's minds. It's, there's um, no
1: end. When we started this, we were, we, every time we were doing this, we were shocked at how every week there's something new, and it's yeah. at this point, it's, we've become desensitized to that. At this point, it's just a norm of life now. It, it feels like uh, a lot of the stuff
0: that has happened in the last year doesn't shock people anymore. So when you look at what happened in Egypt this week with the Suez Canal being blocked by a massive oil tanker, yeah. it's like, you know, maybe maybe a year ago, we'd be like, well, what the hell? What do we do now? It's just like, well, there goes our inflation. There goes our cost of living just went up about 5%, 10%. And,
1: the, and most people are not even And the funniest thing is, is very few people are even actually talking about it. Like most people are not even aware of what. That is, and the repercussions of that, especially in the current environment that we're in, it's like, well, you know, whatever. And now we might even see it. Imagine we see another toilet paper uh, crisis.
0: <laughs> I, honestly, it wouldn't surprise me yeah, exactly. at this point. How much toilet paper do people really need? But um, mm-hmm. look, I, I think what we wanted to do today was just kind of recap the last year, um, talk about where we think this economy, where where is this world going at the end of the day? Because um, it's been nuts. And last year's gains in the market, uh, we're probably not going to see that for a while. Um, it just—it's—it's its, it's, called, it's a simple mean reversion at this point, right? And the market gained from its low about seventy-four percent from from the March low of last year. That's almost a four to five standard deviation event. Historically, the S and P has always returned anywhere between, let's just say, you know, less than ten percent average, right, per year. So, um, it's going to be tougher to find gains, but I think what we got to look forward to is there's, you know, gold is getting destroyed. Mm Silver is getting destroyed. And I think you and I look at that as a big opportunity, right?
1: Mm 100%. It's, it's a matter of time. It's at the end of the day, like you said, because of the opportunities that are going to become minimized due to the crazy environment we're in. I mean, at the end of the day, if people think about it. We like At the beginning of all this, we knew how the market was completely overblown. A lot of people were being a little more cautious, risk off, because they knew it was an 11-year bull run. You know, already it was overextended. And then here we are shutting down the global economy, but we're entering a 12. We did another full year of market craziness. And a lot of people still think the stock is going market is going to keep running for another 10 years as if there's no economic or social regression we're just creating a massive disparity here in between that. And so at the end of the day, it's going to become more of a game of being smarter and looking for really undervalued areas and precious metals. Of course, this is more of a allocate and wait for that moment to arise because eventually that the thing is unlike stocks, you don't really get these massive supply and demand issues. Precious metals is purely driven at the end of the day. When there's a supply and demand issue, the price ends up reflecting it. Like we're seeing with copper, and like we're seeing with copper potentially going even higher, you're going to get the same thing with silver because they're all getting bottlenecked. We we've under, we've completely ignored some spaces for decades infrastructure development. Why do you think everybody's focused on that? Agriculture uh, precious metals, so many things that have been neglected for a decade is coming back to life. And that for, for us, those are a lot of the conversations we have a all of the opportunities that those are things that you could, find yourself seeing good, sustainable returns. Well, I think it also comes back to sort
0: of the guests that we have these last mm-hmm. few weeks or last few months, uh, mainly in the precious metal space, some crypto enthusiasts. Um, it, it really painted a picture as to how when you throw a shiny object at society or at people, they're just going to focus on that mm-hmm. without actually digging a little bit deeper. And I find that what we've done is we've kind of taken a little bit of a contrarian approach mm-hmm. And try to realize okay there is an opportunity here that isn't going to get loved right now but when it starts taking off okay. people are going to be like well why why don't we do that and when they do take off that's when all the reddit people start jumping ship they end up buying at the top and then they get screwed anyways mm-hmm. so exactly
1: i think that also
0: comes down to just understanding basic economics and understanding the gap between what is actually real value versus something that is just totally out of proportion. Um, A perfect example of that right now in Montreal is the housing market. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm curious, and you know what we should do? We should probably bring on a few, you know, real estate agents at some point who've been doing really well in the city and just talk to them about like what they've been seeing, because Mm -hmm. what I've seen or what I've been hearing is this is the craziest market they've ever been in. And the reality of the situation is prices of houses are just being driven up 20 to 30%, just because there's so much demand. So it's not actually being driven by uh, fundamental value. It's being driven by a comparable with a little bit of speculation. Mm-hmm. And then when you get the foreign buyers coming in, um, it's just driving prices out. So what, what, what I'm seeing, and I think what you can agree on, is you're kind of seeing the housing market, and it's always delayed relative to the stock market. The housing market is in that
1: last phase of like total euphoria. Uh, You eventually, the market eventually will have to, the market is going to end up being illiquid because there's just going to be no, it's going to be, we're going to be all in, especially since now interest rates at banks are starting to raise. Like they're not giving out the cheap rates anymore. They're starting to slightly push them up. Well, they're also
0: realizing that people can't afford the the low rate mortgage and that's been the biggest trap right now. I don't want to elect, I don't want to ramble about that because we we could talk about that mm. for days, but it's just an example of some activity that's just been happening in the, in this in this part of the world. And then you have US that came out and said, "Hey, housing stats are down 18.4%." Our housing starts, excuse me. which Basically means people stopped building homes versus mm. last year where it was always like 23%, 22%. So it's like, you know, what's going on? Well, lumber prices Mm-hmm. at all-time highs like how are you gonna afford that you know what that was start- predictable yeah and, and that that was that was that was easy to find um because when 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 commodities or necessities to build something gets so dri- the prices of those you know necessities get driven up so high people can't afford it yeah you know so it's per- purchasing power is, is on its way down as well
1: it's it's um it's interesting because in Montreal, there's having a conversation here. This is something that occurred in Germany and now it's having here in North America. It's more of a very, you know, not to not for the sake of identity, but just it's more of a progressive liberal conversation that's being had now is they want to do things like uh Affordable Housing Act or stuff like that, where they control the prices of rent, control the prices of houses. Now, when you start doing that, you, you de people from wanting to build new homes or new investment projects because if you're telling me that I'm going to have to pay $2 million to build this, but that I'm going to only gonna be able to uh, have an annual return of 2% because you put a price on it, guess what? I'm not paying for a new building anymore because it makes no sense. You're literally de-incentivizing the market. What does that do? That now just going to cause a bottleneck and that's just going to make only the affordable people or people with wealth be able to buy their own assets. People that want to try to buy or build new places, they can't. There's no money to be made anymore. So we're we're going down this path of craziness. And it's like some of these things, I don't even know what the hell it's going to do to the market because it's like it's just brand new. we're, We're trying to be capitalistic by nature, free and liberty, you know, optionality we always told ourselves in history that all monopolies was a bad thing all we've been doing now is creating monopolies and centralizing all the resources to the government which is literally something that we knew was an evil thing back in history but it's as if we've lost that idea so i don't even know it's there's so many unknown factors and that's why it's like you, the only way to guarantee yourself is looking for back in the fundamentals and looking for infrastructure based investments that regardless of the environment we're going into, you, you mitigate that risk because there's a huge political risk right now.
0: I don't think it's ever been this big, at least from, from what I can remember, because, you know, we're segueing into a a much deeper unknown. And, um, I I don't know, I, I, it's hard to, and I don't want to speculate too much, but, we're entering a a period where a certain portion of the population is just totally ignoring history. Hmm. And it's, it's very scary. I don't want to get too ominous, but it's reached a point now where, you know, people will do anything the government tells them to do. And in exchange they'll get like rewarded for it or something. Perfect example was Krispy Kreme. They're Mm -hmm. like, if you get vaccinated in the U S you get a free donut. And it's just like, my goodness, like, I feel like I'm a
1: child when I hear these things. It's
0: like, exactly.
1: At the end of the day that we say it, it's good ideas are the ones that should thrive. When I have a conversation with you, if you say, this is what we should do. The first thing I want to say is, well, okay. Elaborate the thesis. Why are we doing this? Educate me as to why you want to do something. If it's a good idea, I don't see why not. If there's questions, let me ask my questions, which is what the scientific method is. Although scientists don't seem to care about that anymore, because now if we don't agree with their perspective, We're anti-science. So now they're defying the very foundation of their own belief system. And now we're going down this path where we're just UBI, welfare state. We're going to control this. We're going to give you money for every little need you need in life. We'll take care of it. But how are we going to take care of it? We're going to borrow the money from your future children. When you die, you won't worry. But your kids are going to have to suffer the consequence. So basically, we're just enslaving our own children to our own narcissistic needs right now well it's
0: it's also referred to as like a deferred tax liability yeah exactly
1: when you print more money
0: it's just you're literally deferring the payment of interest because there will be interest on 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 those loans and 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 the money that was provided to people um but again history is probably the most important thing right now and i find nobody nobody's really paying attention so like what could we do you know to really make society a little bit more awake i honestly think that there needs to be and i hate to say this i don't want to be ominous but there there needs to be some kind of other like ridiculous catastrophe so that people can actually like get smacked in the face and start realizing well what was i thinking and i think there is a good portion of people too that are kind of like waking up and saying like well wait a minute there's something going on here that i need to pay attention to like there's the people that were not sort of you know seeing that a year ago or maybe let's say eight months ago or four months ago are starting to wake up to that. You know, I'm getting people messaging me saying like, well, you were actually right about those certain things, especially in the political space. I'm like, well, all you have to
1: do is look at history. Right. Mm -hmm. So, um, You you can look at religion, you can look at mythology. It's ironic when you look at history on the cycles, it's like, honestly, humans keep repeating the same cycles, regardless of the tools and gadgets we have, our behavior seem to always cycle. So it's like in religion, you know, when you say, well, we had this plague we had this catastrophe, it's like humans seem to only realize things after a major crisis because we're incapable of looking within to contextualize from our past what's going on. We always need some sort of external environmental impact that hits everybody at the same time for everybody to, at the same time to realize something. So it's like, what do we need to literally dig the hole to the point where you destroyed the Western social economy while China is becoming the new king throne of the world economy? And then what we become Europe in 50 years from now or <laughs> Japan or Japan. Yeah. I... You know
0: that's that's what happens when you drive asset prices up so much. Like, the, we, other the Phoenix, you know.
1: What about it? The Phoenix is the rising phoenix. So, like the story is you know, when you burn and then from your from the ashes comes a new life. So it's nice context. Like, like maybe we're gonna have to destroy ourselves before we even realize that holy crap, we we we've completely ignored history, we've completely underestimated the power of, of abusing of allowing government to abuse its own power, which is an inherent service that we give them not that they provide to us so you know it's- well it's creating it's creating a dependence of of, of society and exactly. I, I,
0: I you know I'm, I'm convinced there's there's people out there that don't want that definitely mm-hmm. especially the producers of the world or mm-hmm. you know the business people the entrepreneurs of, of this world like we don't want that no we definitely don't want that i would rather i would rather work you know 18 hours a day knowing that I can produce and make income from something by providing value and service, as opposed to sitting on my ass, collecting, you know, uh, uh, stimulus checks. But like, it's just, I, it's a mindset that needs to happen. And and it's almost like, like you said, right. It goes back to cycles in history where Rome in the, you know, 250 years that it was, that it was around by the end of it, we're seeing similar things, maybe not on a technological standpoint, but, you know, behaviors and, and identities and, 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 you know, th- like theories that are just being pushed onto people. And that completely destroys a society. So, man, there's so much shit happening right now that it's just like, you know, I, I'm just focusing on one thing. And that one thing is like what I do day to day. You're mm-hmm. doing the same thing. But like, it, it always helps to kind of talk about it so people can actually understand. Like we're at a fringe point right now. And I said this last year, I think almost 20 times you were on every single episode that I've said that we are literally on the brink of like something ridiculous. I don't know what that, I don't know what that's going to look like. And the mm-hmm. only thing I can do is focus on our own stuff. But mm-hmm. at the end of the day, man, like <clears throat> economics is going to be the backbone of this. And if and nobody I, understands mm-hmm. that, or if people think economics is just about money and power and this, that, that, well, no, it's actually about people.
1: Exactly, you know? it's human like, action.
0: That's the thing. So, anyway, enough you don't about- even
1: realize that a business itself is an economic entity. Like, you, you, people say, like, a stock market can't, a business cannot exist without an economy. But, like, the, the economy is the backbone of a civilization. How do we share resources? An economy. How do we build a business? The, the the economic reality. How do I get a job? Economic reality. How do we buy houses at what prices? Economic reality. How do we trade? Economic reality just the fact that we have friends is a resource that makes it an economic principle and love which is rare which is difficult to get it love scarcity it's an economic principle and life itself is just an economic game gathering resources creating a surplus that surplus is your wealth the surplus you cre- you create put it to work so it creates more wealth it's a simple mathematical uh, economic equation that at the end of the day you just do but now the biggest issue is governments getting in the way of it it's creating a, it's just down pressure on on common man, making it harder, harder by spending more money on the dumbest of things. In the United States, there's a, there's the, the there's a calculation that was made that showed being on the total amount of, of taxpayers, 143 million taxpayers of a $1.9 trillion stimulus package of that $1,400 went to them. And they, each taxpayer lost about $11,500 because that money has to be paid back. So theoretically, they each have to pay that amount. It's 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 basically interest. And nobody, and
0: it's like, you know, people just think it's free money because they need that, you know, instant gratification. You know, whereas if we conditioned a group of people to becoming good producers and trying to start them. I also think though, out of this, there's there's been a massive boom in entrepreneurship. There's no question about that. You know, Shopify has been, leading basically helping people get their foot off the ground and starting to make them realize well i don't need to work a nine to five job i can do my stuff on Shopify. so even though we're talking about a very ominous thing which is just the reality, I think, and you and I can agree with that. But
1: I, I, I think there's, there's from that there's going to be an opportunity. Mm-hmm. But you see, the so, thing is that there's it's ironic because everybody that's going into this path of entrepreneurship, which is an economic freedom of choice to pursue something, which is a capitalistic principle and requires a good economic environment for more people to be able to benefit from that pursuit. You need a healthy economy. And then if you look at it, because like if you look at it this way, if you look at Europe, if you look at um, at India, a lot of the times when they've destroyed their economy and a lot of people end up doing their own businesses over there, they only have little businesses. They work seven days a week, they make their own money, but it's just enough to survive day to day or month to month. And they have a hard time creating a surplus. And the, the objective of creating that surplus is how you're creating your wealth. And even though we're in an environment now because of this, where everybody's able to compete for businesses, at the end of the day, if everybody tries to create their own business, then there's going to be a lot of businesses that won't have any employees. So gonna the market's going to eventually have to find a balance in who has businesses, which businesses collapse, you know, like, it, and then again, there's all the debt. And then what if all the debt collapses or the stock market collapses? And then people would entrepreneur, would little businesses say, okay, I have to bail out or the government decides to shut them down again in a year? Uh, the pension crisis, the cost of the inflation alone, too. In a year from now, who knows where the, the inflation is going to drive everything? That some businesses are going to be like, okay, well, it doesn't make sense anymore. I can't even operate. I have to quit. Have to close the business because a minimum wage goes up, food prices are going up, uh, commodities are going up. It's, 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 there's so many things going on.
0: I, I, yeah, and I, I really think that. Um, <laughs> you know cuz it's just startling everybody right now but um, again let's focus on the opportunities that are ahead cuz i i really think there is a lot of opportunities and it's going to
1: require it just it's just going to require a little more head and hard work than usual it's it's the it's the environment we're producing it's just going to require that a little bit that much more effort and we have no choice at the end of the day we can't control the day to day we can only control certain outcomes based on our own actions so right now it's a matter of just put your head down Accept the current reality until we have an opportunity to actually change it and work with what you have. Stoicism, whatever you're put into, make use of it.
0: So, I know that we want to keep this as short as possible because you know nobody really likes to hear from us except when we have guests on. I'm just kidding, obviously. But um, the 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 road ahead is is a little opaque, mm-hmm. and what I would do. I would say, okay, where is there a problem or challenge in the marketplace right now? Mm-hmm. And there's a lot, mm-hmm. um, you know, partic- particularly in the field of uh, medicine, particularly in the field of, you know, maybe even home deliveries and stuff like that. But um, I don't know, find something that you're passionate about, which I think you are. And I, I definitely, mm. you know, I'm doing what I what I love, which is great. But Um, And then just attack it without hesitation, because the moment you start doing little incremental gains in that situation, everything just becomes a momentum pattern, right? And you'll actually end up building something that you'll look back and be like, wow, I did that in a year, right? Now, obviously, do you want to make money out of it? That's that's another story, right? But I I find like people are just so tied into this, like I got to go to school and then I got to get a job where it's like. It's a different world now. It's a very different world now. Like you don't necessarily need to go to college or university to, to, to do something. So, and you are going
1: to see a lot more businesses that are going to accept that because at a certain point, there's quality people out there that just school in itself does not actually design good, effective, productive people. It just creates a certain type of output in a certain type of work class. You know, like there's a, I went to school. You went to school. I didn't really learn much from it. I learned most of people. My, yeah, exactly. People. Most of my learning has come from my self-studies and engaging with you and other people who like to talk about these things. That's really how I learned the most. And I wish school was designed around conversation and clashing of ideas. I wish it, it would have made it so much more fascinating, interesting because you could talk about real life events instead of just listening to a teacher tell you something off of a chalkboard without even understanding what the hell you're trying to, what's the purpose of this?
0: Yeah. And I think it also comes back to the fact that, you know, where are you getting your data from? Mm. I don't mean to be disrespectful, <laughs> but you know, if a teacher is teaching you about business class and they have never run a business mm. or never sold anything, is that who you want to be listening to? And I don't mean that to be condescending. I'm just looking at oh, that from realistic. a very objective. Yeah, it's, exactly. It's a very objective observation, Hundred percent. yeah, no, th- 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 this year though um, you know, is, is tech is, is we're in a tech we're 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 at the we're at like the second inning of the information age I think <laughs> uh, data is the new oil mm-hmm. and that's where all the information is going to come from. There's a lot of people doing influencer marketing now. It's an actual business, mm-hmm. you know, it, and it and it just shows you how far the marketing space has really come as a whole. And there's you know billions of
1: dollars being poured into that system. Because it's but, chaos on Instagram, with Facebook, with YouTube, it's it's a cluster it's all about eyeballs. It's a cluster now. It's, it's 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 just an open source of information. Although it seems that media companies are kind of directing themselves towards more of a regulating and control perspective, where they are putting down pressure on ideas they did not want. Like like Facebook just canceled its second. Uh, Facebook removed. It's second. Per- well, that was Twitter that removed Trump. And then Facebook removed the, the president of Venezuela. So like, you know, big tech is starting to play this political game that it, it's not supposed to play. So it's like, uh, what's going to happen in this world? You know, well, what happens if Canada puts limits on them or they start putting limits on us at the same time? Like I would love to back it up and say, you know what? Screw them. I'm not going to go on these platforms, but I can't even go out and socialize because it's illegal.
0: it's uh we're, we're at it i mean there's it, there's so much stuff yeah. that's, that can be talked about with that stuff i don't want to go down that yeah. path today but um you know they've created a dependence on mm-hmm. on information which which i don't want to say is scary because it's not really that scary but when you really look at sort of the actions that have been taken the amount of money that these companies have poured into washington as lobbyists? Like, yes,
1: exactly. And that's the thing that people don't even realize It's like people blame capitalism. It's like, guys, if you even remotely looked at the principles of capitalistic free market, lobbying defies all its principles. The biggest lobbyists are the media tech companies like it doesn't they and, and they lobby with the Democrats, you know, not that I hate anybody. It's just I'm just pointing out observable facts of how the resources flow. They work, everything they do seems to be kind of in a team. It's a little scary. And the Democrats are trying to solidify their position with massive immigration being brought in, which will only going to give them a bigger voter base. They're trying to make DC another state to give them more uh, seats on the Senate to have more like the United States is shocking me. That's one that's like, Whoa, in Canada, we're so dependent on them. It's like, whatever you guys do, it's like, what are we going to do in response? And China just put sanctions on us and the United States. China made a deal with Iran for 25 years for a trade. They made a deal with Saudi Arabia for 50 years supply of oil because everybody thinks oil is going to vanish over the next well, decade. Paul,
0: pa- the, the geopolitical foreign policy game is a game of chess. Mm-hmm. And um, nobody, nobody, nobody really knows what the West is going to do now at this point because it seems like China has become... Uh, the leader with Saudi Arabia and then Russia signed onto that oil mm-hmm. pact as well. But look, exactly. I just want to leave everybody who's listening. Cause there's so much going on, but I just want to leave everybody who's listening with like one very basic question. Like what are you going to, where are you going to be a year from now? And how is your life going to be different? Mm-hmm. Just think about that. It's a very thoughtful question because most like you, y- The worst thing you can do is you could say we're in the same place we were a year ago, and that's not true. You're not in the same place. I'm not in the same place. Mm -hmm. By the same apartment, yeah, because you know there's nowhere to go. But I'm talking about like you know internally, internally, personal development wise. Like, where are you gonna? Where are you gonna be a year from now, and how is it gonna be different?
1: It's the honestly, it's the only from again because everything is a game of chess. It's the only real predictable outcome is controlling your own and your own behavior right now. We don't know the government could just like, for example, in Quebec, we can just be shut down again because this, now we have this new uh, narrative that's building about how the new variant is coming around. It's spreading everywhere. And they're going to play the same game they're playing. So for all we know, they do another shutdown at the end of the day, if you say, Oh, I want to be in a beach somewhere. Clearly you just want to live that passive welfare dependent state. You're not fixating on things because it's, it's, you're just, your mind is elsewhere. So you're not even focused on your development because I rather know that I'm going to guarantee my outcome by obsessing over something over the next year because I have no other choice. I can't change the reality I'm in right now. And then once I get the opportunity to do other things, I'll do it. It's like you said, man, right now it's a matter of it's a you versus you game right now, more than ever before. Totally. And, uh, I want to leave it at that because
0: we don't want to take up too much airtime here, but, um, yeah. No, go back and, and figure out that it, it's a battle between yourself, you, yourself, and I, and everything that's happening around you is just noise, even mm-hmm. though it's important noise, because you just got to be aware of it, especially in my field and your field. But um, yeah, guys, just ask those two questions. Where are you going to be a year from now? And how's your life going to be different? Please Believe open
1: it. yourselves up with more conversation. Stop. Totally. Just open your head up. Just let conversation thrive. There you go, man. Open
0: debate. <laughs> We'll leave it at that. Thanks so much for listening, guys. We'll see you next week. Hopefully with a guest and a couple lined up. So we'll see. Ciao, guys.